This is the greatest hour to follow Jesus. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Jesus Image TV. I'm with one of my favorite people in all the world. Bill, thank you for being with us. Yeah, I'm glad I get to. Thanks. Yeah, it's such a joy to have you. I was telling Jesse today that if I could spend... It, it was a, This was flowing from both of our hearts, actually, not just me. I said, if we, we said, if we could spend a day with anybody, it would be with Bill. Wow. Yeah, so we just love you so oh, much. Thanks. Love thank you, you for thank being you. here. Yep, yep. So, Bill, <laughs> we were so honored to have you at Jesus Conference. That was recently. Fun. Yeah. It was so amazing. And um, you said a few things that have really been stirring in my heart mm-hmm. that I believe the Lord is trying to um, get our movement to see, to get a grip on. Mm-hmm. I started to see that while I was here. Um, Jesse and I, as you know, spent uh, like the last six months right. here in Reading. Yeah. It was amazing. Our lives are forever changed, and um, I would recommend that anybody mm. who's looking for a safe place to be loved mm. just come up here to Bethel. Just amazing. But I began to see things differently uh, during that time, and then you began to speak on the city set on a hill mm. and the twofold gospel. Yep, yep. That seems to be something that Jess and I are, are burning for. So I want to know more about it, <laughs> and I'm guessing that the people... Uh, Really, our family, our movement, they're hungry for the same thing. We're believing that the Lord will yep. come and live and dwell in Orlando with the people. Talk to me about the two sides of the same coin regarding the gospel. The go and the come. Yeah, yeah the, the go is the obvious, at least in my background, that was the part that was always emphasized, and rightly so. It's mm-hmm. going to all the world, preach the gospel, disciple nations. And uh, the whole the whole initiative or the whole drive to bring the gospel to the ends of the earth, to our own streets, to our own city, to our own mm-hmm. places of need. But it's uh, equally important is the come of the gospel, which is not people coming to church. It's that people are drawn to who we have become as a victorious community of believers. Mm-hmm. You know, it says, Arise, shine, for your light has come. The glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Then it says, Kings will come to your light, and nations will come to the brightness of your rising. So there's this whole concept that was prophesied in Isaiah that Jesus spoke of when he said we've become a city set on a hill. Cities don't move. You know, that other aspect of the gospel that goes vital. But in that particular illustration, it's a city that people come to. In other words, they come to an intact community of redeemed believers, people that are living in in victory, in triumph. It doesn't mean every area of our life is perfect, but it means, you know, that we have uh, experience in God, to where uh, where we rule over things. I I rule over I rule over my finances. Money doesn't rule me. Mm-hmm. Um, I rule over these areas of life where where uh, according to what Paul says in Romans five and what's taught throughout Proverbs is that we would reign in life, mm-hmm. and that victory that we experience maybe with raising our kids or having a good marriage or successful business, whatever it might be, those experiences stand out to people who don't know the Lord. And they come initially just for safety, shelter, uh, nourishment. You know, it's the same as you would if you were traveling and you, you needed shelter and you see a city all lit up at night. It's dark out. The implication is it's dark out. The city that's set on a hill is all lit up. So it's an attractive place to go to. I can find nourishment there. I can find safety, shelter. 
And that's what Jesus was making reference to, is that we become not only a group of people that travel with the boldness of the gospel, which is vital, but we also come a people, become a people that are living with the wisdom of the gospel so that we have something to offer to those who need shelter. It's it's uh, you know maybe you know maybe maybe a guy has failed in business three times. And he's just got this desire to succeed in business, and it's a God given desire. Maybe that's the only thing that tracks him to you is maybe you know if you were a businessman, you're successful in business. He sees that, and when he begins to taste of the of the kingdom of God, it's automatic for him to want to know the king. Yeah, you know, there's, there's that connection. So. It's just the go and the come of the gospel. Both are critical. It's not one or the other. Wow. You mentioned um, safety or a place to come and mm-hmm. find refuge. Yep, yep. Culturally, like within a community, what are some of the key components of building a safe place or a safe haven? Well, it's 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 built on relationships. Relationships don't, I don't mean ingrown relationships where we become a clique, a club, but we're relational. We learn how to do life together. We hold each other accountable. We, we are support to one another when there's weakness or failure. There's the rallying together to lend support and strength, and we celebrate one another's victories. And right. it's, just, it's just what a healthy family does. All, all a healthy community is is the expression of a healthy family multiplied right. many times over. So it's just what families do. Families join together in crisis. They join together in victory. And uh, all those are points of uh, partnering together uh, you know, as a family. Communities do the same. And, and we are referred to as the community of the redeemed, you know, right. people who are born again. So it's, it's, it's not the attempt to get people to come to church, which is wonderful. You know, they come, they hear the gospel, they receive Christ. It's a beautiful part, but that's not the goal. Uh, getting people into a church meeting is not that difficult, mm-hmm. but to to become something that would awaken in them a God-given desire, maybe for family, maybe for their marriage, maybe for business or education, whatever it might be, that they would uh, they would see that in the people of God and become that. Mm-hmm. You know, these are the two parts of of being filled with the Spirit. Actually, in Scripture, uh, New Testament, the fullness of the Spirit is seen in power. That's the bold preaching of the gospel. Old Testament, the fullness of the Spirit was Bezalel in the book of Exodus, was seen in wisdom. Wow. So the whole expression of the fullness of the Spirit is in those two areas. It's in it's in the power, it's in the boldness, the the covert or the overt uh, aspect of ministry, and then there's the covert a- aspect, which is the wisdom, where where we learn the wisdom of God. We learn to maybe stand alongside the school teacher that's having difficulty with uh, some kids that are uh, toying with the gang, the gangs, or you know whatever it might be, whatever dilemma it is that seems to be faced by our city poverty or, or or whatever it might be, drug issues or divorce or you know whatever, that just the, with the wisdom of God, His insights, you know His plan for a community, yeah. we step in and we just serve. You know our, our strong suit is serving anyway. So we just we serve that's with that true. wisdom aspect, and that's the covert part, because it introduces people to a way of life that really demands a king, and uh, everybody wants a king like Jesus is really the bottom line. Yes. Yeah. The it, what I found to be amazing is uh, while I, while I was here in Reading, 
everything was going really well, but then like something clicked. I, I talked to you about this, I think, at Leaders Events over <coughs> dinner. My perspective started shifting, and it was weird. I kind of started to see what this whole thing is really about hmm. as far as a holistic ministry. And I felt like the Lord was pulling scales back and then also presenting me something fresh, something new. Um, and the weird thing is, is while I was here, you know, like one day I woke up and I could see. And I thought, wow, oh, wow. wow. Okay, wow, this is what it's about. Hmm. And I asked you, I told you, I, I shared this with you, and you said, yeah, it's in the atmosphere yeah. here. Can you talk about the power of creating an atmosphere so that people can encounter the Lord on that level? Because I believe atmosphere is important. And I, I know some don't, not that they don't value it, but they, you know, they, they don't think it's as important. But I learned here that culture and atmosphere really bring out the best and calling seem to manifest. How, how, do you, how do you create atmosphere as a movement and how do you create atmosphere as family? Um, well, atmosphere, first of all, the Lord taught us to pray. He said, pray like this, on earth as it is in heaven. Mm. The single greatest feature of heaven is the presence of God. Right. Everything lives because he's there. In a sense, the presence of God is heaven. It's, it's, nothing is in heaven that's separate from him. Mm-hmm. And so that tells me then the supreme value of that world is the presence of God. And in Scripture, when you see the word presence, it's almost always, every time that I've been able to find Old and New Testament, Hebrew and Greek, it's the word face. Hmm. So it's the face of God before his people. It's the the desire of a father delighting over his son, over his daughters. That is the countenance, the, the delight. So that's the picture that we have of the presence of God upon his people. So if heaven then has its supreme value, the presence of God, then for us to have impact on the atmosphere in our homes, my personal walk, my family, church family, city, then it has to be the presence of God. The presence of God has to be the most influencing factor. Now, you're not going to have business people come and say, hey, we want the presence of God in our business. You know, if they don't know the Lord, they wouldn't have the language, nor would they have the value for it. Right. But as people we can live with a, a deep affection, a deep adoration for the Holy Spirit himself who is with us. What is it like for me as a lover of God to live conscious of him upon me as I do business, as I eat at the restaurant, as I shop for groceries in the store, whatever it is that I'm doing, interacting with neighbors? There's something about that presence of the Spirit of God on us that impacts the people around us. We've had business people that say, we hire your people because because um, they change the atmosphere of our business. And so wow. they're, not rec- they're not saying, oh, we sense the presence of God on them. All they're just saying is that when they come in and work here, it's just a better atmosphere. Right. What is it? Well, they don't know what to call it, but it's the presence of the Lord. So if it's possible in my home, then it's possible in my neighborhood. Right. If it's possible in my neighborhood, then it's possible in a city. If it's possible in my home, it's possible in a church. If it's possible in a church, then it's possible in a city or a school or a place of business. Wow. So the whole point is, is that as the people of God, is that we have this deep affection for God himself. 
You know, we live with that. We live, we live wanting to host him. We live wanting to give place for him to rest and, and just to, to be able uh, for him to delight in us and for that delight to be known, you know. Yeah. So it's, it has to do everything to do with the presence of God. Now, we know that in the Scripture it talks about, uh, you know, this ministry that we have to the Lord of giving thanks, of giving praise, and giving ourselves in worship. It says he inhabits the praises of his people. So if I'm a worshiping person, if I'm one who delights in his greatness and declares goodness, then there's this presence that seems to be rest upon me in an increased fashion because I, I become a worshiper. And when we live like that, it affects the atmosphere in a city. It changes the atmosphere in a grocery store while we shop. It changes the atmosphere of our neighborhood. So atmosphere is everything, but it's the presence of God. Right. What that does is it helps us to adopt his value system. You know, he said, abide in me, let my words abide in you. So in other words, I'm valuing the presence, but I'm also valuing what he thinks. Mm-hmm. I'm valuing his statutes, his commandments, his directives for my life, mm-hmm. his, his insights, his teaching. So I have this place for what he says in me. And those are the those are the, the that's the reality of the atmosphere of heaven. It's affecting now the atmosphere, but it's also affecting now how I think, what I value. You know, it's a long ways around just to say when we live like this, it actually frees people up around us to think clearly for the first time in their life. So true. They're not they're not imprisoned by the greed that they were raised in or the anger that there exists in their spouse or the, you know, whatever it might be, the conflict that exists at work that they've been imprisoned to their whole life, you know, suddenly things are different because they, they can see different. They yeah. see, they think clearly. Yeah. And so they're able to, to draw, whether they realize it or not, they're actually able to draw from the God options yeah. for the decisions they have to face. And, and we help to, we help to influence that by, yes, by the preaching of the gospel, but this thing of atmosphere is huge. You know, it's becoming a people who value the the presence of God and the principles that, that he wants us to live by. Yeah. Well, Changes everything. It's so true. I remember coming here and having a conversation with you just before I came and then another conversation with, with Jay Valaton. And in a moment, my perspective changed. And when my perspective mm-hmm. changed, my life changed. Yeah. Yeah. And it literally took a second. It was the power of seeing things from the Lord's viewpoint mm-hmm. through his eyes where all of a sudden fresh wind came my way. I could breathe again. I, wow. It was incredible. And I, I, literally, I remember having one meeting with Jay where I walked in <clears throat> with, down and walked out feeling wonderful. Yeah, you know? yeah. And <laughs> yeah. part of it was because he was so funny. Which I <laughs> but in reality, he's like, bro, just look at it like this. And then, yeah, actually today I saw him over at, at Bethel. Uh, at, at the main campus, and, and he said, well, bro, I was just sharing some things with him. He said, bro, if that's the worst thing that ever happened in your life, he's like, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> I thought, wow, Jay, that seems, that's a great way to look at it. It's a great way to look at it. Yeah. Perspective is so huge. You know, I remember Reinhardt told, told us regarding miracles. He said, if you pray for 999 people and none got healed, Pray for number 1,000 as though all 999 got healed. It was perspective, seeing yep, things from yep. the Lord's viewpoint. Uh, actually, I remember watching, um, it was the first time I think I, I ever heard of Bethel. It was 
through a 700 Club show mm-hmm. where they were mm-hmm. sharing what happened with Chad uh, Deadman there in the grocery store. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he said something. He's like, yeah, I saw some hearing aids. And I was like, oh, wow, that's a green light. <laughs> I thought, man, that's a one way to look at hearing aids, you know. This is the power of seeing things the way yeah, the Lord yeah, sees it. Yeah. When it comes to worship, because to me, I've, I've been in multiple meetings with you now. And uh, recently we were in a meeting together at the Civic. And I was sitting next to you and I felt a real rush of praise hit the room and you were the first one to jump up and and begin praising the Lord. Talk about the power of intentionally praising the Lord, what that does for us individually and as a community. Well, it's, first of all, it's the right thing to do (laughs) because he's, he's so perfect and he never changes. There's no fault with him. There's no blemish. My circumstances will go up and down. They'll be great. They'll be bad. But he remains the same. And so I've got to link my heart with the one who remains the same. Mm -hmm. And when I see him for who he is, I find that he's always worthy of my celebration, of my honor, my exalting. Now, that does have effect on us. But I I don't praise him for effect. I praise him for his worth. I I see his worth, his value. And that's, that's what brings the celebration out of me is that I see him for who he is. And the more clearly I see him, the more exuberant or more expressive my praise will be. It won't be tempered with this fear or this concern. It's going to be abandonment to him. The results are, are very profound. I mean, there, there are tremendous results. We, we think, we start, our, our perspective on life changes because we start seeing things from his perspective. Uh-huh. We start seeing from God towards earth, from heaven towards earth. We start seeing from his promise, from his presence, from his triumph, from his victory, wow. from his, you know, his great faith, his confidence, his hope. We start seeing everything from that, and everything becomes small when you, when you do it from his perspective. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so it has that kind of an effect. It changes our approach to stuff because we see, we see through his eyes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that that can only improve our yeah. our posture, our position. You know, our faith rises not because we tried to make it grow, but because we sense his heart. You know, faith is just it's our it's really our recognition of his faithfulness. Hmm. He's so perfectly faithful that faith is just confidence in who he is. Who he is, what he says. So in many ways, in, in the presence of God, faith is the most logical response. Wow. So it's, it's how obvious is his presence to us. How, how clearly manifested is he in my thinking, my perception. The more clear, the more confidence you'll have in him. So it's not so much worked up and mustered up. No, sometimes it's raw obedience. Sometimes you feel horrible. Uh-huh. You, know, you just experience bad news or a horrible a loss a horrible situation went worse you know you, you've got options you know you can be depressed I can react to get mad I can do all kinds of things mm-hmm. or I can anchor myself into the one who never changes and then work from there it's not denying a problem I I tell I tell our folks I say listen faith faith doesn't deny a problem's existence it just denies the problem a place of influence 
Wow. So I don't pretend that something has disappeared if it's still there. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to celebrate the one who's always worthy of my praise. And in that offering, it's a sacrifice. I have to step beyond what's convenient for me. In that moment, then things change. And then I'm able to address the problem more clearly. I'm able to address it in his name. I'm I'm not just begging God to do something. I see the situation from his perspective. Sometimes that takes moments, sometimes it takes days. Right. You know, but it's it's that's that's what he wants, is he wants us to represent or represent him well facing that problem. Yeah, I was thinking of what you said regarding fear. <laughs> you you told the people well, if you've ever feared something, you know you have the power to meditate. Yeah, yeah right. I mean, you know you have the yeah, ability to meditate. Yeah, yeah. Anxious. And, right. Yeah. That whole deal. Yeah. And um, so this morning, I actually thought of that statement, and I began to meditate on, on the Word of God and the Scriptures mm-hmm. and what the Lord has said concerning our life and yep. and, and who He is. And um, so, w- uh, for instance, was it last year? You had some health challenges. Yeah, yeah. Right. A year ago, right now. Really? Yep, yep. And um, Benny had us on a group text feed. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, um, and it was just so thankful for the Lord and what he's done since then with you. Yeah, what, me too. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> what um, you talked about, um, about faith and, and trust and the shoulders it stands on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you're going through a trial, what do you do? Well, sometimes, sometimes you get up and fight. I mean, sometimes that way, that's what you're supposed to do. So, you know, sometimes it just takes bold, aggressive faith. Sometimes it's the prayer and fasting. Sometimes it's just you know simple confession. I believe what God has said in His Word, and I'm not going to become mm-hmm. anxious. Other times, you know, like in my situation, I mean, I've, I I'm not. I wasn't able to eat. I wasn't able to drink. Mm-hmm. I got my intravenous feeding. I uh, to you know to keep me alive, I shriveled down to pretty skinny skinny jeans. <laughs> skinny, no, my skinny jeans were baggy. <laughs> yeah, and uh, so I I was I was in needing tremendous care yeah. from from the medical community, and they helped me tremendously. And I'm very thankful for the gifts and the grace that exists there. But what it came down for me is I didn't have options. I did. I didn't have options. So when you're in that kind of a, a moment, you know, somebody's going through treatments or whatever, you're in that kind of a moment. You, you have to you have to trust a process. Mm-hmm. And I just came out of these several months of this journey. I came out because uh, I was sick for a while, not knowing what the problem was. And I came out with this conclusion that bold faith stands on the shoulders of quiet trust. Wow. And sometimes what the Lord's just trying to build in us is just that quiet trust that gets up every morning and commits the day to his care, knowing that he's big enough and good enough to settle the issues of that day. And uh, my favorite, you know, of course, is the huge miracle, the absolute breakthrough. Right. But sometimes, you know, metaphorically, sometimes he doesn't give me the oak tree, he gives me an acorn. Mm. I've got the seed of something that I've prayed for, and I've got to care for what he's given me. It's a seed that's got to be planted, it's got to be nourished, it's, you know, it needs that tender care because it's going to grow into the answer. And uh, and I, I think personally, I think there's quite a few times where, as believers, the Lord answers our prayer the moment we pray, but we don't recognize it because we're looking for the tree and not the acorn. Wow. And he gives us the seed. And so in that moment, all the only thing I can do in that moment 
is to develop that quiet trust that's just absolutely abandoned to the kindness and the goodness of God. God, I don't know what's happening, but I trust your presence. I, I, I sense your presence. I trust your goodness. Hmm. Your promises to me are very clear. I don't question them. So I'm just holding course, trusting that you will cause this to work for good as you've promised. And it's just that simple trust. And sometimes, you know, it, it, my, my uh, lifestyle and background at all is looking for that moment of bold faith. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was reduced is probably the wrong word, but it's what it felt like at the time. I was reduced to quiet trust. Hmm. And then I found that that was the context he wanted to demonstrate bold faith through was just that quiet reliance on his goodness regardless. So I would sit there in my bed or my recliner at home before I ever got to the hospital and I would just read the promises of God. I'd read the scripture, just give him, you know, my prayer life, my my devotional life, you know, all was pretty simple, just celebrating his goodness. Wow. And just reading the promises, reading the prophecies over my life, the things that the Lord has spoken to me through the years and just keep them in front of me and just continue to give thanks. You know, if I had a profound ministry time where somebody gave me a powerful word and I have it on video, I have it on my iPad, I just play it back and just watch it over and over again. I just, I can't afford to entertain things he isn't saying. Yeah. And especially in those really vulnerable moments, man, it's yeah. just, it's just too easy to entertain what if, right. to entertain, you know, ideas, thoughts that he's not behind. He didn't sponsor that. And if I give my heart to that, Man, I am defiling my own heart of faith. Wow. And I can't afford to defile that, that that he created in me that was born for trust. It was born for trusting him. And so I've got to protect that thing. So, I, so we did. I did. Benny did. Together we did. We just would read the promises. We just very, very quiet life for a few months where we just, just gave thanks for goodness, really refined our focus. We didn't have the energy or the time to be involved in anything else, so we just simplified and and just just gave thanks for that. Mean you had to say no to some things, and well, I physically wasn't able. You know, we had our leaders advance. We had all kinds of stuff going on at that time that I never miss. I never miss any of that. Our graduations for school and ministry, I I couldn't attend any of those. I was I was way way too sick. In fact, by the time the graduation for the school, I was in the hospital, so I was watching online. You know, watching on my iPad, but uh, yeah, yeah, it was, it was not a fun season, but it was also a presence-filled season, and the Lord was so kind, so merciful. Yeah, you touched on, uh, yea, though I walked through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll feel nice yep. for you are with me. You talked about a, yeah, an element of the Lord's presence. Yep, that you experienced during that time. There are there are manifestations or measures of His presence you can't find except in the valley of the shadow of death. I mean, you got to go there to find that aspect of his presence. Wow. You know, there's the presence on the mountaintop, the victory. There's the presence, you know, in the garden tomb. There's a, you know, there's the presence of the Lord that manifests so differently. But the valley of the shadow of death was one place that I hadn't gone. And there was a, a sweetness of his presence I found there. Wow. I just, just, just never, never found that anywhere else. Yeah. Yet you know the Lord didn't didn't cause that issue. No, yet goodness you, no. Yet you found his sweetness. No. There anyways. 
Yeah, yeah. He doesn't, you know, he just doesn't cause this stuff. Yeah. He just, he really doesn't. You know, how many people did Jesus make sick? You know, he did. He just healed everyone who came yeah. to him. So it's the only standard worth following. I don't need to understand stuff as much as I need to know what I'm supposed to do. I don't need explanations for anything. I don't, right. I don't blame him for any of it. I just need to know what am I supposed to do with with the, the hand I've been dealt, so to speak. Right. What do I do now? And uh, for me, it was just keeping things simple, you know, keeping it simple. You know, we had had our my kids and grandkids around, and and just just keeping it simple, just doing what I can do to stay healthy and stay encouraged. And it really was a presence filled time, you know. Amazing. Yeah, it was. It really was. So thankful. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. Well, I'm sure people, Bill, maybe aren't walking through the valley of the shadow of death, but are Good. in some difficult times. Yeah. <laughs> Hope they don't. Um, but, you know, I, I just want to say very uh, transparently, I thought I knew the goodness of the Lord, and mm-hmm. but I, I really didn't until I came here to Bethel. Wow. And. Wow. Which is something to say. You go, you grow up, and then pray for the sick. You you, you think you sure. know, but it's interesting how our mindset and our mind mm-hmm. needs more of the Lord's renewal. And when I came here, I saw the need to be anchored in that. Well, because life's going to do a great job at throwing stuff that's not good at you. That's true. If you don't know that God is <laughs> good, yeah. you, what do you have to, to to really hold on to? So I want to thank you for that. Yeah, thank you for championing that. Amazing, amazing truth. Yeah. Would you pray for the people who, yeah. who need to know the goodness of the Lord? Yeah, absolutely. Father, I'm asking for um, just a mighty, mighty visitation of the Spirit of God to come upon this audience. That even through watching delayed rebroadcasts yes, of this, Lord. that there would be such a release of presence. There would be such profound encounters with the Spirit of God, that there would be deliverances and healings and the torment on the mind would be broken in this whole cycle of unbelief that has is, is just really imprisoned so many people, that this would be the moment, the time, that that's broken off forever. And Lord, I do, I do pray that you would lead us into those green, quiet, still waters, pastures, of times to feast and to feed on your kindness and your goodness in such a way that changes how we think and how we live. And, Lord, I I pray that there would be a spirit of wisdom and a revelation in the knowledge of God that people together, we as the people of God, would be so deeply anchored in your goodness that it would just never be questioned again. We'd never again question whether or not you're good. I do pray for that. I pray that this would take such solid, solid ground in our hearts that we would never give it up again. And we protect ourselves with this great, great truth that you are good. I ask for all of this that Jesus would be held in absolute highest honor and yeah. be glorified throughout the earth. Amen. 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 Yeah. Love you, Bill. Yeah, I love you Thank too. You for being so, here. Yeah, glad I get to. Yeah, it's an very honor. cool. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. To get daily teaching from Michael and to follow our event schedule around the world, please follow us on Facebook. Twitter, and Instagram. Be sure to subscribe to the Jesus Image TV YouTube channel as well. By partnering with Jesus Image, you will help us take the saving and healing power of Jesus to the world. Your giving changes lives forever.
more information, please visit us online at JesusImage.tv or write us at Jesus Image, P.O. Box 950-640, Lake Mary, Florida, 32795. Thank you for your prayers and financial support. Jesus is the answer for every life, everywhere. 